Rear window, that trombone shot, though. It's Flicks in That with Steve Newell. Something absolutely fantastic has just happened. Steve Newell, uh, just before jumping into the segment, has uh, mentioned the word swindle. I just played some swindle, an artist called Swindle, about 10 minutes ago. What a coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidences. <laughs> it's all cosmically aligned. Tell us about the swindle, Steve. Yeah, well, um, uh, as reported by the New York Times last week, um, and as, as was discovered via um, divorce proceedings and um, various other uh, documents, um, a director has cost Netflix around $55 million in a show 50. that no one is ever going to see. Did it go into production? Yeah, it went into production. Um, this uh, dude, he was, was, was a dude who made a movie called 47 Ronin a while back with oh. Keanu Reeves. It was a, um, a box office bomb. Um, it uh, lost somewhere in the realm of $150 million. But nevertheless, um, he came up with a show, this guy Carl Wrench, um, about a sci-fi series about artificial humans. I think um, this is probably back in about 2018, so um, maybe that didn't feel quite so tired mm -hmm. then. Westworld hadn't crashed and burned by that stage, so you can understand Netflix uh, getting into this idea. However, n not, not a single episode has been finished. Mm -hmm. um, and the initial deal from Netflix was that they would pay $61.2 million dollars in several instalments for the rights to the series and, and get the thing made. Mm -hmm. But uh, allegedly, Wrench's behaviour grew very erratic shortly after signing the contract. Yes. Um, along the way, uh, he just burnt time, he burnt money. And um, in March of 2020, a time we'll all be familiar with as terrible for the whole world, mm -hmm. um, he got in touch with Netflix and asked for more money. Okay. Um, He'd missed a whole bunch of milestones of getting the thing done. But uh, look, he, he said, the whole thing's going to fall apart if you don't give me some money immediately. They sent him a million, $11 million, $10.5 million of which he immediately transferred to his personal brokerage account and uh, put on the stock market on risky bids. He lost uh, half of it in weeks, mm -hmm. uh, and then he put the rest of it uh, into crypto. Now, the, the, one of the funny part, the few funny parts of the story is that he actually made heaps of money off the crypto investment. Yes. He turned his, like, $6 million-ish into $27 million. Okay. And this has led to coverage of this story in crypto websites, mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, of course, I read those. And I stumbled across these while, while doing research on the story. It turned into he headlines like, Filmmaker makes millions after risky bet pays off. <laughs> so I, okay, that's a very small part of the story. Anyway, he sort of blew all this money. Got a whole bunch of it back. Uh, and Has he then, paid Netflix back oh, and well, kept the profit? Well, he he's he spent <coughs> he spent some of that profit first. He mm. bought five Rolls Royces, one Ferrari, and millions of dollars worth of high end furniture and designer clothing. Um, his uh, what a waste of money! What a absolute yeah. waste! Why yeah. would you do this? Well, his his wife's lawyers uh, in the divorce proceedings suggest that it was perhaps a way to hide the crypto winnings. Um, but uh, I mean, one of the sad parts of this, um, apart from the, the the feeling sorry for global company Netflix, which we we all obviously really do, um, is that uh, the, that's that erratic behaviour that he began exhibiting 
when uh, shortly after he signed the contract uh, escalated. He was seen going like multiple days without sleep, uh, being oh, really? quite unwell, being treated for um, depression, etc. Okay. So um, it's a little bit less of a case of um, a real kind of cocky villain. Yes. And a bit more of a uh, a guy with way too many resources at his fingertips. Yep. Um, you know, um, having a bit of an episode and, well, it's a long episode. Went yep. for a couple of years. But I guess once that ball starts rolling, yeah, it's pretty hard to stop. Once you see your $5 million turning into $27 million, you, yeah. I mean, it certainly re-encourages you, doesn't yep. it? Five Rolls Royces. Do you get five different colors or? I don't know, man. <laughs> Why would you do that? Um it's kind of the story that, you know, if Netflix wanted to get anything out of this at all, they'd turn it <laughs> into a 28-part true crime docuseries yes. or something. But yes. uh, I think we will never, ever see anything okay. much more about this <laughs> again. Now, what, um, I mean, what can I watch, Steve? I finished uh, Fury on Netflix, which I can absolutely recommend. I love Fury. Um and I'm just in a hole now. I just need something to watch on the couch at home. Have nice. you got anything? Well, I went to a uh, cinema today, so kind of curled myself up in one of the recliners with one other person in the cinema mm. um, and watched, well, as, as, as coincidence would have it, a new Netflix film. Um, much like The Killer a few weeks ago, there's a new film that's getting kind of just some scattered cinema plays this week before mm-hmm. it arrives on Netflix to watch at home next week. Um, so you have to be a little bit patient for this one. It's called Leave the World Behind. This is a, a kind of paranoid um, societal collapse thriller um, set in the holiday home. Uh, family goes out to stay in a holiday home um, just to get away from things for a minute um, and then things start getting a bit weird. Uh, said family's played by Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, yes. Um, and in the middle of the night, a uh, unexpected visitor or a couple of unexpected visitors turn up claiming to be the people who actually own the house and oh. sort of explaining there's a blackout in the city and we've, we just wanted to go somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes this uh, maybe of particular interest is that it's uh, written and directed by Mr. Robot creator Sam Esmail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on the 2020 novel of the same name, which I really enjoyed. Personally, I don't know if this adaptation really stacks up the same way that the reading experience did. Mm-hmm. Um, that let me sit at a bit of a remove from it and the, let the mystery play out more. I think one of the uh, tricky things about film adaptations of things that, uh, of source material which likes to keep its secrets or keep you guessing is that you know that the filmmaker could choose to show you something at any given time mm-hmm. and by withholding information or withholding clarity on something, it's a, it's a choice that mm. can make it not so entertaining for the mm. audience. Um, I walked out of this one a bit kind of shruggy, but uh, it's certainly like a nice mix of... Um, look, if you've ever had a uh, apocalyptic vision while in a holiday home, I mean, God knows I have, yes. uh, this might be one that you can relate to. Okay. Um, also like The Killer, interestingly, really dynamic credit sequence, uh, deliberately broken up into chapters with on-screen like chapter um, uh, text, which kind of makes me think maybe there's something that uh, well, lots of films do this, but maybe Netflix are particularly keen on it because it's like time to press pause and go fill up your glass or go mm-hmm. to the loo or whatever. Uh, and also um, both films have Starbucks product placement. So um, I guess Netflix, the Starbucks are on you. Yeah, got to claw back that $11 million. Yeah, well, $61 million yeah. title. <laughs> um, what can you watch tonight though? Well, uh, the best thing to watch that's new to streaming tonight is the new season of Slow Horses, which starts on Apple TV+. Plus. 
Um, this is the uh, kind of black comedy spy thriller combo mm-hmm. out of the UK. Um, this is really top-notch stuff. It, it, it works both of those elements really, really well. It's very believable, has real stakes, has a real-world setting, but all the characters are funny and there's good gags through it in the dialogue. Um, it's led by a brilliantly vile performance by Gary Oldman um, in like three-day old clothes, threadbare socks, eats disgusting food, looks greasy as hell and constantly rips disgusting farts mm-hmm. that uh, terrify the rest of the cast on screen. Um, really, really enjoyable. Um, John le Carre, but with, with gags. Yes, yeah. I need to give this, I think we, we dipped into this one and maybe we... Yeah, I, I rep this one pretty hard every time a season rolls around. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been kind of turning up on Apple TV with some regularity, three seasons in now. Um, and uh, as with the past couple, it ends with a teaser for the next one. So yes. they're going to keep this thing rolling for a bit. Okay, Excellent. So there you go, it's a few bits and pieces. And I'm going to be going to the Stardome on Saturday to lose my marbles at this full dome have you seen the whole experience. thing no 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 no, no. I'm, I'm i'll, I'll be oh, reporting okay. back uh, with whatever faculties i have left uh, next week yeah but i hear that um i heard, heard yesterday that it, it, it does have a pronounceable name uh like zz or <laughs> well I, there you I go i can't remember <laughs> how josh from the start was like ZZ. It, but it was zz top apparently it's selling so well they're adding extra screenings so if you're keen, head along to the Stardome and don't don't muck around because I think yeah. it, uh, as yeah. Steve and both um, Josh have mentioned, it's quite the experience. Yeah, yeah, pretty fizzing about this. Um, it has scattered sessions over the next few weeks, but mm. I think uh, it's definitely going to be a highly unusual uh, viewing experience and a, and a really interesting place to see something trippy as hell. Yeah, nice, awesome, Steve. Catch you soon. Have a good week. Cheers. Real auteurs use star wipes. That was Flicks and That on 95BFM 95.4.